Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Gosh Brown, it's Tuesday, not Monday, but we're still wound up. I'm so sorry. Winding I, uh, up. I missed yesterday because I was in London <laughs> seeing Boy Genius, which was really good. But I was, Are they uh, better or worse than Boy George? <laughs> that's the best joke <laughs> I can do. I don't know. Boy in the title. Yeah. That's a good point. Boy I don't jo- know any other artists with the name Boy Zone. Hey, there yeah. you go. Are they better or worse than Boy Zone? They're better than Boy Zone. That's fair. They're better that's than Boy That's a hard bar to clear. Absolutely. I can't, like my mum listened to Boy Zone a lot, I think, when I was Just, younger. Super quickly, where did you come down on the high school war between the various boy bands? I was always a five man. Before my time, really? unfortunately. Oh, I guess yeah. they were. By the time I was in school, in, mm. you know, old enough to talk about music, it mm. was like busted. In uh, I remember, like, them, remember them coming in, and it was, that, that, then it was busted versus McFly. But yeah. when I was a certain age, it was Westlife, Boyzone, Five, Blue, and you could only, only pick one. And I was picking five. At that point, Westlife, Boyzone, Five, etc. They were like mama music. You know what I mean? That's what I grew up with my mom listening to. And I was always a Robbie Williams boy. Ah. I would have go for that. I I love Robbie I was with him to a point. You know, when he wrote that, he didn't put a hand on his arm or his hand. He put an eye, sorry, on his hand. Yeah. And he went on that interview where he didn't talk. He put his hand up. Oh, I did not always, see this. He's lost that. He's gone, <laughs> he's gone a bit weird. Then he did that radio song, and it was um, like the the. It wasn't anywhere near as good as Rock DJ. <laughs> it just he went off the boil. I need to know more about Robbie Williams' law. Yeah. I unfortunately don't know. He enough. had such a good. You know, when you're a kid and you just don't have any music taste. Yeah, and it's yeah. just like that. And you're like, oh, Robbie. Like, yeah, like you said. I guess I'll just follow Robbie Williams for a bit. Exactly. I'll just follow whatever the radio is telling me is good. I had my my mom had a Robbie Williams like swing um record. That's where quite. You're doing actual swing motion. I'm literally yeah. doing it because. Um, he like covered a bunch of swing songs. Yes, I guess, and that's part of his redemption after he stuff. lost it. And I used to love that. Mm. I think it was called "Swing When You're Winning" or something. <laughs> Sing when you're winning. I don't know, something like that. And I, I, re- I enjoyed it a lot. Anyway, that's the point. Robbie, this it's is not, not a Robbie Williams podcast. Yes. The point is, yeah. Sorry, I was aware seeing Boy Genius, okay. and I just kind of wanted to open this podcast with an apology <laughs> because do you ever have those moments where you just? I have them a lot on this podcast, uh-huh. funnily, funnily enough, where you just can't conversate. You just you try to string a sentence together. Is that a word? I hope so. Conversate. I'm making it up now. Yes, it, it just doesn't work. Mm. I was in a shop. I was in a coffee shop in London before the gig, mm. and I and we needed some food before we went there, and I just didn't know what to say to the guy in the coffee shop. So I kind of <laughs> went in in like well, the person saving you. Yeah, I, I, I had like a panic. Just point of coffee. I, he was like looking at me, waiting for me to say yeah. something. I didn't know how it worked, and I, I just kind of <laughs> I, I said something. He didn't hear it. He's like, "What?" And I just said, um, I, "Like, like I was asking my mum a question. I was like, is it okay to order some food?'" 
in the guy with the guy <laughs> who's very nice, but you treated me like well, a kid and I needed to. No, it's before I started drinking. How do you know how it was going to work? I was just like, it's an okay, honest some food. Yeah. What if it wasn't? Why is he there if he it's was, not okay? <laughs> he, was like, he was like, yeah, of course, you can order some food. And I was like, oh, thank you, sir. <laughs> thank you so much for walking me through this. So I managed to order some food, but that yeah. just went wrong. And then I was, I was going to some botanical gardens and there was a lovely old woman on there like letting us in scanning the tickets and I couldn't talk to her either she was like she was saying about how her card scanner called Howard wasn't working today and I was like sorry who's Howard yeah, and she what? was like Howard's my card scanner and I'm like I'm, 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 I'm having a hard time okay, th- this, I'm is, a hard time. this is very much an anomaly very few random people have named their card scanners it was a funny gag but you know when you're just like you're, you're lagging behind in your brain I wouldn't keep up with that I couldn't keep up uh. with it and it was it was disappointing but the point is <laughs> I was in this mode where I could barely talk to my friend and girlfriend right. I couldn't string words together just looking through so, time and space and then I had some really lovely interactions with people with people who listen to the podcast and uh, shout out watch the watch the YouTube channel and that mm-hmm. was really nice but I need to apologize for barely being able to string a <laughs> sentence together I don't know what I said I was like oh, hi this is before I started drinking again by the way I just couldn't do it so apologies yeah. for being an awkward mess uh, I'd like to say it was Look, a if they've followed but it us, wasn't it's not it's not always like that they I was gonna say if they've followed us for this long they know to expect an they awkward know, mess if I there's know. spikes of energy in there this then was really awkward consider yourself lucky I was bad I was on bad <laughs> form I was I just couldn't speak man I was just was not my social battery must have been drained or yeah, something. Yeah. I'm normally a little bit better but I apologize it was, some, uh, the point is it was really nice to meet everyone uh, the few people who did come up uh, yes it was really lovely lovely thank you for doing that uh, massive thank you to everybody for um, just anything that ever happens in person I'm always blown away by it's yeah. an honour to be heard by all of you genuinely um, and we'll transition into various games and talking points for the week like I said we're a day late but it doesn't matter because there's plenty of games to actually talk about plenty of new things yes. actually doing the rounds um, the Mortal Kombat 1 beta was this past weekend we'll talk about Texas Chainsaw Massacre the game um, I want to touch on Cosmic Wheel Sisterhood and if we have time which I'm pretty sure we will we don't will. know why I added that because we will get there Blasphemous 2 yes. just conversationally I'm adding more in than I need to but let's talk about Mortal Kombat 1 um, this was a thing that entered the beta at 4 o'clock in the afternoon on Friday. It was meant to run till Monday afternoon, then they extended it because of how well it was doing, and they did have a few server issues. At the start, this game's awesome. This game's phenomenal. I didn't really care about it, not that much, and Mortal Kombat is in my top three franchises of all time. It's in your DNA. It kind of is, and it's just... Uh, that's very good. That's what, is that a pull from Mortal Kombat 11? <laughs> it they said, wasn't, actually. That was the, the whole no. marketing thing. Was it's, it? it's, it's in our blood or something. I'll yeah. take it. I'll take that. Um, but yeah, the run-up to this, obviously the uh, concept for this is that Liu Kang has got all the powers of Raiden, who's like a god. He's one of the, uh, the Elder Gods. Remade the world, restarting the timeline, soft reboot for the franchise itself. Liu Kang's consciousness is the only thing that carries forward, at least by the looks of it. Um, so it's still all one big timeline, but it's their excuse as a franchise to reboot everything. Um, and they've made it a, a assist fighter, so it's all cameo-based, which is what a lot of the towers were in Mortal Kombat 11. Um, and it was a weird thing going into this, where I was just like, I don't like assist fighters. No, I, don't. Do I. I, mean, I love Tekken Tag, but I'm not that bothered. I want to just do one-on-ones. I just want to do proper fights. I don't want to be bringing characters in who don't make sense together and whatever. This is hilarious because just before we started recording this podcast, we were talking, well, you were telling me about the uh, AEW All-In event happening this weekend. And Uh you were similarly... not enough one-on-one fights. Yeah, similarly talking about your love of one-on-one fights in real life as well. So that's really interesting. Why is Hangman not fighting Moxley for the five people who'll understand that reference? But still, um, yeah, so going into this, I was just like, I don't know about this. I'm a bit skeptical because it's Warner Brothers at the helm. I know all the stuff behind the scenes where they swapped out making the next Injustice. 
did Mortal Kombat instead. They're leaning the F in to all the cameo skins. There's Homelander and a dude from the Invincible show and everything else. Um, and I was just like, is the cameo system just going to be this glorified paid-for skin thing where they can charge you all these different cosmetic options and everything? And is the core fighting not going to be that good? No, the opposite is true. The right. core fighting is phenomenal. The cameo stuff, uh, they're pretty much just combo extenders. Uh, Mortal Kombat across the last sort of couple of games have done various attempts at giving you different styles or different movesets or whatever when you pick a character and now that's just handled through the cameo. Could you tell me more about how that works like in combat? Like yes. how do you trigger the cameo abilities? Like how present are they in the gameplay? Because mm-hmm. that is my biggest, not necessarily worry, but like you, I don't necessarily love assist characters mm-hmm. in fighting games. I kind of just like to get to know uh, mm-hmm. But the core character that I'm playing as, and you yeah. go off their abilities rather than have to think about. I don't even like thinking about meters in fighting Honestly, games. To like, be honest with you, but how does it? Sorry, like initially, yeah. it is like it is a little bit overwhelming because you have your character's move set. Obviously, whoever you pick, like Johnny Cage, Sub Zero, whoever, did a weird noise there. My mouth did a weird noise. Don't know if that's going to go through the microphone, but it doesn't matter. Um, yeah, you pick a main character, like I said, Johnny Cage, Sub Zero, whoever. Your cameo you pick on the move list, they get a separate cameo list of moves, and then in game, they're triggered by using the right trigger. Yeah. Um, well, either of the two triggers. Some of them have specials, um, but they're nearly all one-off moves, so you're sort of waiting for a little icon to fill up um, to do a cameo move at all, but their specials are shared with your special meter, so you also still have, I think it's a four-segmented meter in the bottom left, which yeah. your character is using to burn to do enhanced versions of your signature attacks, um, or you can burn more of it to do a counter if you need like get out of a combo or something. So, like you said, like if you don't like watching meters, you don't necessarily need to, but there is a lot of meter management in this. Right. Um, so you are kind of keeping an eye on what special moves do you have available? Is your cameo ready to do a move? And then using one of the different four directions with R1, at least on PlayStation, to do one of the four moves that are assigned to that that your cameo is going to do, um, or using the right trigger to do something like Jax's ground pound or something like that. In terms of what they do, um, some of them are combo extenders. Some of them, like if you have Frost equipped as, a, as your cameo, then she'll just jump in. If you just hit R1 by itself, she'll jump in and just do like a five punch flurry, um, which obviously like just steps in front of your character and just does that instead. Yeah. Um, there are other things if for Frost, for example, uh, freezing the enemy or um, doing like a projectile or something like that. You have ones that are launchers. You have ones that um, cameos jump in in midair. So you want to knock someone up and then knock your cameo in so it keeps doing in midair. Nice. Some of them are combo extenders, but the timing on it is so weird and it di- it's different for each move. So... Um, some of them, you know, getting a handle on that is kind of, I guess, why you would get used to different combos of fighters and cameos because you want to get used to your custom combos. Like I was playing as Fire God Liu Kang. I love Liu Kang, by the way. <laughs> um, he's like my favorite character. And um, the new version of him is like, obviously he's a god. So OP. It's, he's having so much fun. I don't necessarily know if he's OP, but there's, oh, okay. a, there's a lot to him um, that just feel like really fun extensions of his former moves that now have more like flame dragons coming out the fang- fingertips and everything. And his fatality is hilarious. But yeah, you're trying to combo these things together in terms of like get used to what your standard moves are, your standard specials are, and then what can that combo into based on which cameo you have equipped. It's a lot of options, um, yeah. which I love. Um, and the gameplay itself is unbelievably smooth. It also looks gorgeous. Maybe the best looking game of the year. Wow. Like, unbelievable. That, now you're talking. They've now cranked, I'm interested. They've cranked all the, the sliders, all the dials on um, like uh, particle effects and sparks and smoke and everything else. Everyone just looks unbelievable. The gore's ridiculous as just well. Just before we fully off, move off the cameo yes. character front, can you just give me one final clarification? Uh-huh. Do you have a 
pool of cameo characters that you can apply to anyone mm-hmm. or do specific characters come with specific cameo characters because I know you were at least in the clip that you posted on Twitter yes. I think you had Sub-Zero and Frost yep. which to me made for a natural connection in my brain or can you choose any of them with any so character? They, the way they've handled this at the minute uh, in the beta they had it was like six different fighters anyone can pair with anyone to cool. answer that um, but certain com- certain pairings the game does recognise um, Frost is Sub-Zero's um, like protege or whatever or she was in Deadly Alliance so if you put them together, his dialogue starts to reflect the fact that two people are working together. Like he, when you knock someone out in the first round, he says something like, um, watch our power or something like that. Right. Or he doesn't say that if you're pairing with like uh, Kano or someone like that. Um, at the minute, they've got the main roster and they've got the cameo roster. Some fighters appear on both. Cool. Um, and I think um, they are selling skins for the cameos. Um, it's it's their way of like doubling up cos- cosmetics on the yep. main roster and the cameo roster. And I will say... Um, obviously, everything looks absolutely stellar. I do love the look of Sub-Zero and Frost by themselves in their default costumes. But if they do the Mortal Kombat Deception armor for Sub-Zero, Ooh. I'll be all over that. Absolutely. I, I hate that I'll be all over that. But it, that's one of the things where I was like, I do want my team looking good. Yeah. Um, they have also said that they aren't going to be doing one-on-one fights at all because the, the the guts of the system are built around the cameos because that is your that's your extension of the rest of your moves. Yeah. So um, And the cameos can do fatalities as well. So it's, it's like, at the minute in the beta... Main characters, main roster, who you're playing as, doesn't have a second fatality. Um, they have one main one, and that's it. I think they'll add more, because over yeah. the course of MK11, they brought friendships back and everything. Um, but at the minute, the only way to do two fatalities is to do your cameo's fatality, um, which in Sub-Zero Frost's case means you're doing one of each, It's uh, which is a bit of a shame, because yeah. fatality is one of my favorite parts about Mortal Kombat, and we're only getting one per character. That is interesting. I yeah. thought there would be way more in the yeah, launch. Well, the thing, that I don't, thing I don't know yet is if... Like, because you have a character that can be a main character or equipped as a cameo if the cameo fatality is different. Right. I assume it is because when you equip Kano or Sonya, they are in their 90s garb nice. um, and they have their original fatalities. Oh, Jax cool, has man. the one where he goes like super giant and steps on the dude, which never made any sense and they never <laughs> explained it again, but they've just brought it back because it's hilarious. And <laughs> um, he just becomes a giant. Um, Sonya blows a kiss that sets them on fire and uh, Kano just rips out their heart. Um, but their costumes look like they did in the 90s, yeah. um, which is fun. Um, but I wonder, like, you know, if you have Sonya to play as, yeah. assumedly she would be modern Sonya. Um, although I guess she kind of well, died, but I don't know. They did weird timey-wimey stuff. That's it. With the weird mm. timeline reset, timeline rejig, like, <laughs> w- will they appear how we expect them to? Or will well, they go I back to their older attire? That's the thing. Not? I think the whole cameo thing is just their excuse for, like, don't think about it mm. at all. Um, we're just going to bring whoever in. That's who all the, like most of the fighters that you're getting in the DLC, the premium stuff is yeah. cameo skins anyway. I know I said that was the final thing on cameo characters. <laughs> I lied. I have one more question. Yes. Are there any cameo fighters out of the selection that you've had access to that you kind of wish were on the main roster as well? Because that's my worry that they kind of segment some mm. cameo characters to be exclusively cameo characters, but I kind of want to play them as mains. Yeah. At the minute, um, it, it's one of those things where the roster isn't like confirmed fully yet. So like, Right now, like I said, you've got Sonya and Kano are cameo only in the beta. I want obviously I want them to be on the main roster. Like I love Kano. Um so I hope they do more with that. But yeah, at the minute they haven't done enough yet to sort of try and distinguish it more. Um, I think they just wanted to show the mechanics of pairing anybody with anybody. Um and you get some and the thing is, one of the things that's really overlooked for me talking right now is that they've brought back Lee May. I don't know if you remember Lee May, but she was like one of the... They brought in so many characters in the 2000s era yeah. when they, they just got the, the roster went bigger and bigger and bigger and then it literally exploded and killed the franchise for a bit. And then Warner <laughs> Brothers came in and bought NetherRealm um, or like renamed them or whatever and then brought it back, 2011 reboot, let's go again. 
Um, that run of just like bringing in so many dudes that no one cared about. Um, Lee May was one of them. I think she was originally in Deadly Alliance. Um, oh, I, play, I love Deadly Alliance. Right. So I'm I think she was, I think it was Deadly Alliance. It was yeah. either that or um, Deception. She's definitely in Armageddon because everybody's in Armageddon. <laughs> but um, they they've brought Lee May back, and she's had a story trailer now, and um, they've like really fleshed her out. She was in the story mode for Deception as well, um, in that open world bit where you could go and talk to her and stuff. But she's like she's awesome. Like they've yes. given her arguably the best fatality in Mortal Kombat history. Wow, um, which is limbs. way up there. It's immediately iconic. Um, I don't think describing this will get us demonetized, but like she does a whole <laughs> thing where she um, slashes a dude, pulls their intestines out, holds the end of the intestines, yeah. sets fire to it so it becomes a fuse. <laughs> so it, it starts to like fuse, it starts to go back to the body. She runs up, <laughs> she backflip kicks the guy's head off. Right. It's still connected to the intestines somehow. And then it follows them up into the sky and it pops like a firework. That's amazing. Unbelievable. That's great. And as soon as you do it, you're like, that's that's perfect. And yeah. you've given that to one of the most overlooked characters ever. Yeah. Um, they've confirmed they're bringing back various like overlooked characters from the 2000s. And like doing right by them. And Lee May's fighting style is awesome as well. Um, and like I said, story-wise, they've fleshed out all of her stuff with Outworld and, and whatever. So all around, they're still having fun with it. Ed Boon's still the, the head of it. It's yep. one of the longest-running franchises with the same creative head at the very, very top. And you can tell. And so I've loved that. I've like really loved my time with it. I played the beta so much across the weekend. Um, and I can't wait to see more of it. I know at Gamescom uh, tonight, actually, by the time this goes live, they are debuting two more characters. Nice. So um, And two more fatalities or whatever. So like I'm looking forward to seeing more of it. And consider me in. My uh, biggest draw for this game, I think we mentioned it when we watched the first trailer, mm. uh, is the fact that they seem to be remixing so much stuff and kind of their variation when it comes to the environment mm. seems so cool and yes. seems so different. Like, I love the art style of MK11, mm -hmm. but I like that this game seemingly allows them to draw inspiration from past games, put new spins on things that mm. we haven't seen before and kind of integrate it all mm. in a really interesting way and uh, unfortunately, in a way, monetizable way. But yeah. um, at the you know, core of it. I do love the fact that we get those classic skins for those classic characters. We get these uh, variations on heroes and villains that mm. we've become so accustomed to over the past few years. They're, speaking of the monetization, I mean, like, yeah, I think they're going to go hog wild with the amount of skins, the amount of different cameos, and, like so much, so many ways they can monetize this. Shang Tsung's a pre-order bonus, and he's a yeah. main character. Um, so there's a lot of stuff like that. In terms of the world, though, the world that Liu Kang has built, this is fascinating from an in-law perspective, because you've got Liu Kang trying to make the most peaceful realm possible, and um, that is then beset by Shang Tsung shaking it up and whatever leads to combat and stuff. But then in our world, you You've got Netherrealm and Ed Boon having a fresh lease of life and everything. But the world they've made, biome-wise or geography-wise or whatever, is a mesh of everything all at once. Like, there's a one of the levels in the beta is, like, an old-school Japanese tea house, but it has flat-screen TVs right. in there as well, and they don't... They jar, obviously, but they're not like that obvious. It's just that you kind of you can kind of notice, like, oh, that's a, that's an LCD screen on one of the walls next to like you know old school uh, Japanese writing and everything, and that's cool. I like the idea that Liu Kang in the world tries to bring all the best of people's tastes or whatever together and makes this like in theory utopia. Yeah, but it means that like ancient Japan as a biome is right next to Johnny Cage's condo in Hollywood. Yes, and it's yeah, like yeah, yeah, you, yeah. you have that direct like geography, which is fascinating. No one's really done that unless no. you think of it in, in it's almost like a Fortnite approach to level design. Um, if I, like you know to go down one route with it, but just put different biomes next to each other, it can make sense because a god made it work. That was it. That's why I was so excited to see an apartment building in a <laughs> Mortal Kombat game because it just looks so 
unlike anything I'd seen before, especially like you mentioned, mm. with like the juxtaposition of what you can see outside the windows yeah. in that apartment and stuff. It's Johnny Cage really is cool. incredible in this as well. Like I thought he was a bit subdued in the original reveal trailer because he's just just in like pants and a shirt yeah. and he's putting his shades on. And I was like, oh, is this like a war? It looks more like Johnny Gat from Saints Row, yeah, who in yeah, himself yeah. was like a Johnny Cage ripoff. Couldn't be further from the truth once you get to actually control him. They've given him taunts finally. And there's way more taunts you can do. There's a star meter that puts a spotlight on him when, you're, when you're charged up enough. Very nice. Um, his fatality is hilarious. It's lots of like selfies and filming him killing someone and stuff like that. Um, if you equip him as a, if you do a cameo fatality, he steps to the side and films it. And it's just like little things like that, that um, they're definitely on the right track with it. It's just, it's going to be the Warner Brothers monetization stuff That's that offsets it, it. But the guts of the system literally are very much important. And I hope, I mean, I'm not against, in theory, you know, <clears throat> downloadable cosmetics and stuff like that. As long yeah. as the core game itself has plenty of those already. Mm. And I, I, I hope that this will follow in the vein of an MK11 or an Injustice 2 especially, Same. which had so many um, customizable armor pieces and so many different outfits mm -hmm. that you could equip to your characters on top of the stuff that they added post-launch. And I kind of, as long as the core experience is robust and it's got a lot of content there, mm -hmm. then okay, I'll, I'll accept extra, um, you know, downloadable things. Yeah. It's only when, like, you get one costume and then the, they do what you mentioned, mm. you know, then they start saying, he's Sub-Zero's costume <laughs> from Deception. He is this thing we know you really want. He's Quan Chi. We yeah. already know you want that guy. And it's like, don't you don't you want your two your two picks? Like, I'm going to have Sub-Zero and Scorpion in theory as a team. Yeah. Don't you want them to look great together? I'm yeah. like, yeah, I kind of do. And then I guess they're probably going to sell all sorts of tag team animations for like yeah. winning screens and all that kind of stuff. It is worth flagging because um, there are only a, a couple of negatives doing the rounds. Either you don't like the cameo system at all, which is fair enough. Like if, if you don't like the fact that you've got, I stand to be four characters all trying to fight each other and all the weird overlapping animations that happen, it can look a bit messy. The other side is that they, for now, have taken out the um, introduction dialogue uh, between mm. everybody. It's there if you do just the offline versus mode, um, but when you're in towers, it doesn't trigger, um, which is one of the best things about MK11. It's in Injustice and stuff too, is that whatever combo you have, yeah. they'll reference something about each other, like a story beat or their history or whatever it is, and they've taken that out of the towers, assumedly yeah. as a way just to get to the fighting faster yeah. or a way of not having it so that only two characters are talking to each other and the two cameos aren't even, aren't even acknowledging anyone. Yeah, that's a good point. The cameos yeah. are weird when you really think about them because there's no <laughs> reason they should be fighting with each other or anything like that. And I saw, I, I just wonder if they had to sort of go like, let's just not acknowledge that they're actually about to fight each other. That has the potential <clears throat> to be a Tailfordian rule break if I've ever oh, yeah. seen one, you know. To well, that was the first of... thing I mentioned about it, right? When yeah. we like started covering it where I was just like, it doesn't make sense that Kano's helping Sub-Zero or yeah. whatever it is. I I will say, I suppose, there's maybe an end thing if you yes. don't have anything more yeah, to yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, we should transition. What yeah. I do like is, and I don't even know if they're necessarily going down this route with the story, but I quite like the framing of they're always being a Shang Tsung and they're always being like a Liu Kang, kind of like how there's always a lighthouse in Bioshock. I do you know? and I don't, but yeah, come Okay. On. No, I just, I, I like that mm. in, in stories where you have this kind of circular nature and it's like, how much can you change? Mm. How much is there a status quo? How much is there a, a thread that the universe follows and how much right. can you bend and break that? To me, I, I like that in stories. I liked it in Bioshock. I even quite mm. liked it in the MCU for a while. Yeah, it's, it's very easy for that to mean that there are then no stakes because to me, if if you take the MCU as an example, once they brought Kang in and they said, oh, actually, there's, there's 50 million timelines, then nothing matters anymore. Because And especially mm. if you can cross those timelines, anyone who dies will just get another version from that point in time 
in the other reality and we'll just carry on as normal, which they've now right. done a few times in the MCU. It's They've walked such a tightrope with MK11 because they brought in Kronika, who could control time. Then they killed the woman who can control time, and now Liu Kang did yeah. the whole world and everything. Um, but you just assume that it doesn't get too stakeless because now these new versions of every character other than Liu Kang, they're brand new. Yeah. And Scorpion replaced himself in Mortal Kombat 11. So there's like, I hated that. I, I don't want legacy Scorpion being replaced. Right. But at the same right, time, right, right. that was a weird thing. This is such a specific thing. But like, Scorpion went through a lot. Main Scorpion from 1992 went through a lot of stuff. A lot yeah. of character development, lived, learned to be a bro with Sub-Zero, learned that actually his clan wasn't betrayed, he's friends with Sub-Zero. Then young Scorpion kills him and his old self replaces him. Yes. And now the old version is the new one, but then he has a conversation that ostensibly gets him up to speed again. Yes. And so it's yeah, yeah. like, it's just one of those things where I'm like, I want full timelines. I don't want you to cut yourself off when you've built this. Like, respect the fact that you have a 30-year legacy. I know this is bigger, and I know you're going to say it's not necessarily the same. Mm. I still have, I think I might I said this when we talked about the trailer. Mm. I still have faith in Netherrealm because they've kind of done this before. Mm. You know, they did it after Armageddon, like you mentioned, you know, when they went back uh, to the original timeline, they changed things around. Like, mm. Raiden goes back. Oh, dude, time. 2011's yeah. like soft reboot and that's the machinations. It. Like, set Raiden sending his consciousness back yeah. so only he knows. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Genius. Like, that yeah. game is so good. That's it. And that was really good. Yeah. So I know this is bigger. I know this is on probably a larger scope, but I they've done it once before and True. they nailed it. And I can just hope that they... Uh, continue. They've that just again. they've never done the the wider almost um, like universal truth stuff. Like Chronica was as big as it got, where yeah. you had like like I said, all the the old characters were meeting their new selves across timelines. And now that that's you've reforged the world, um, like you said, Shang Tsung is almost like he's coming through a portal. He's just sort of like, oh, I'm I'm always going to be unrulable. Yeah. Um, which is fun. The MK11 Aftermath DLC had the best Shang Tsung scenes in ever. Um, and they I forget the name of the actor now who plays him in the Mortal Kombat movie that they got back to be Shang Tsung. That's great. Yeah, That's that was perfect. really sick. Yeah. Unbelievably good. Um, and so, yeah, like there's a there's a way to have him be this maniacal cackling villain um, and just make that stuff work. I definitely trust them, like you said. It's just that I want the I want it to matter, basically. Yeah. I, just want, I still want it to matter, like uh, the law to matter. Of course. And not just wipe it away every few years. I know what you mean. I know I praised the MCU about you know, three minutes ago, <laughs> but I did say I liked it to a point. Yes. And that's the point that you mentioned to the point. How many times did I say that word? Point. Um, to the point that mm-hmm. it gets so big that it does become stakeless. You almost can't fit it entirely in your head. No. You don't know what this means for the characters that you've been following. Can they just be replaced? Do Does anything have consequence mm. anymore? There's also like a pitfall for Mortal Kombat is like obviously the game's development's taking place. I mean, MK11 was 2018 or 19. So you've got a good sort of four or five years for this. Um, it is designed in theory for a audience that still cares about superhero tropes. Like mm. everybody in here is super powered. Like everyone has ridiculous over the top moves and everything else. And like I said, in the wider framing, you have a God versus ostensibly like the devil or whatever it is. And um, you have these big, big stakes, which are so far removed from just a martial arts tournament that we had of course. at the beginning. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Before we go any further, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, Masterclass. With the amount of time we spend discussing and analyzing video games on this channel, it's always good to understand exactly how these experiences are put together. And fortunately for me, I can do just that with Masterclass. With Masterclass's streaming service, you can learn from the best to become your best, studying and growing with over 200 plus of the world's leading instructors. For me, I've been having a blast using a class on video game design by The Sims creator Will Wright to find out exactly how game mechanics are designed around player psychology as well as learning how important playtesting is to shipping the titles that you and I both love. But it hasn't stopped there, as I've also been brushing up on my practical filmmaking skills directly from my favourite movie director Martin Scorsese, as well as trying to get back in the cooking game with Roy Choi's amazing course on intuitive cooking. Seriously, my kitchen is a mess, but my belly has never been more grateful. For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to courses on your phone, computer, smart TV, or even via audio-only modes. Even better, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and 88% of members feel that the service has made a positive impact on their lives. And to put the cherry on top of that cake, right now, What Culture Gaming listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com forward slash gaming. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash gaming. What's that? You want it one more time? Well, that's the URL masterclass.com forward slash gaming. Right, now I'm going to watch Tony Hawk try to teach me how to ollie properly. I'll see you all soon. Let's talk about Texas Chainsaw Massacre, though, because that's yes. the, that's doing the rounds by the Friday the 13th devs. Is it good? It's um, it's too early to tell. It's extremely early days. I only got it last night. I've only played a few rounds, right. mostly as the killers. I've only done one mm -hmm. as the victims, with, uh, as they call it. inclusion, the killers? Uh, yeah, I'm going to hey. see them this week, funnily enough. Hey. I'm going to go see the killers. Maybe they'll be in uh, as downloadable skins. Who knows? I'm now trying to do the worst joke possible, currently. <laughs> Just outdoing myself. Um, yeah, this is a funny game. Uh, well, it's not because it's about people getting like disemboweled, but it's funny. a funny game to me because I didn't know if I was going to get it. It's mm. obviously on Game Pass, but the style of asymmetrical multiplayer that it is is not necessarily for me, or at least hasn't been in the past. If you right. played a game like the Friday the 13th game that you mentioned there or Dead by Daylight, you kind of know what you're going to expect. Mm -hmm. This time around, you have three playable killers versus four victims slash survivors. The victims right. are trying to escape the level. The killers are trying to stop them escaping the level. Why is anyone with Leatherface? That, I'm, I watch a little bit of the gameplay for this, and yeah. I was like, I don't want that at all. I don't Why? want I don't want team combat. I thought the whole point of this was to be like Friday the 13th, where you have the one dude with the... I just couldn't give Leatherface a bunch of abilities. So. Well, the difference is, I think, mm. we'll get into Friday... Uh, we'll get into uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre yes. law, because I um, weirdly have become a huge Texas Chainsaw Massacre fan over the past two years. Managed okay. to watch all the movies, got well into them. So because of that, I thought, you know what, I can go for this. But the reason Leatherface isn't solo is because he's kind of never been he's right. always had the family you know right back um to the original texas chainsaw massacre game that this yeah. is based on like he's he's in that movie a lot but he's kind of like 
he's the main antagonist, but he's not really because he doesn't speak. You know, it's the family that does the speaking. It's the family that does most of the active tormenting. Mm-hmm. And you get those characters in this game. You get the father figure. He's the, the crazy old crazy old grandpa. The grandpa. crazy old grandpa is in there. I'll tell really? you how he's mechanically involved in a second. <laughs> but yeah, the, the three killers from the first movie that you get are, of course, Leatherface. You get the, the, the dad and you get the hitchhiker, the crazy hitchhiker that okay. um, is the first villain you see in that movie. So they're all like movie accurate. Mm. And I quite like the change that brings because they all obviously play radically different. Leatherface is actually quite cumbersome. Like mm. he's a heavy hitter, but he can't really track the victims all that well. Mm. He's someone that you almost need to call in when the other killers... You get people towards him. That's it, uh, right? The other killers set ambushes where you can run them into Leatherface who will just start revving his chainsaw and start right. taking them out. But um, yeah, this isn't necessarily my thing, but... My girlfriend last night, she was like, you know, let's play it. We'll have we'll have some fun. And she's got an Xbox, so she downloaded it on Game Pass. I bought it on PlayStation. Nice. And had a lot of fun, especially doing what I just mentioned there, coordinating as the mm. killers was so fun. Being like, you know, shouting over the room saying, like, I found one. <laughs> I'm going to try to cart them towards your direction. You jump out of a closet, mm-hmm. start slashing them with a knife, rev that chainsaw, get them scared and stuff. And that part of it was uh, so, so fun. And I guess slightly different to something like Friday the 13th mm-hmm. or Dead by Daylight where there's one killer mm-hmm. because it means that there's more opportunity to be the killers. I remember trying to play Friday the 13th as Jason mm-hmm. and having to wait in lobbies for what seemed like forever to mm-hmm. get that chance. But because these you just inherently have more killers this time around, I feel like the chances is bigger and it's kind of more balanced in that way whereas you don't feel like you have to play as the victims if you don't right, want it. Right. You can just, uh, we just jumped into game after game and we managed to get the killers like every single time. That's it was fun. Fine. How is the general sort of performance playable animation stuff like that? I find that like Friday 13th was a game that succeeded despite being quite janky. Like yeah. it was, like I, I really like that game. I think that's one of my favorite non-multiplayer multiplayer games. Just fill a room full of people and take turns yes. or like or whatever. Like that's really, really fun. Especially for the survivors you can try and point out where uh, Jason's about to jump you from and things like that. Um, yeah, how does this thing run? Because I feel like Ilphonic, if it is still Ilphonic. It is not. It's okay. not. It's actually Sumo Nottingham. Right, okay. Because like there was that whole weird thing where they did Friday the 13th, Ilphonic did, and then they lost the license. So it yeah. was like a version of the game is online, but they couldn't add anything to it. Yeah. And then they did, I think it was them also did Predator, Con- not Concrete Jungle, that's the PlayStation 2, and Predator Hunting Ground. That's right. Um, which was the same idea. And I was like, how much are they just doing this again and again and again? Um, not really polishing any of them, but getting in on the, the fan level and being like, okay, does that patch over how badly something can run well this is it i don't really know how um the friday the 13th game play uh, ran i didn't play enough mm. of it but obviously this is like it's fine it's just animations are janky right AF. well servicing with new great. developers there is a bit of jank to it like it is a budget title like mm. it's not a full price release i think i paid 35 pounds for it on the playstation store okay and it's on game pass there is definite jank to it you know when you kind of hit people it's not the smoothest animation <laughs> um but it still looks really good i think the lighting in particular Mm. with the kind of harsh Texas sunlight outside juxtaposed with those really kind of pitch black shadows that you can hide in. Mm. It looks good. It is definitely has a level of jank that I think all of these games seem to have. But for the price point, I think it kind of gets away with it. The big sticking point, I was checking some reviews this morning that a lot of the reviews have is like this more of the server side of things. Mm -hmm. I've seen a lot of stories about like waiting a long time for a match or getting disconnected. Like I said, it's so early days Mm. for me that I didn't experience that. But I mean, it's a sample of four games I might jump on tonight and 
not find a, a game I guess launch weekend's going to be whatever. busier or whatever anyway. Absolutely. So I don't know if I just got lucky on that front, but that is something to keep in mind that I've seen a lot of people mention mm-hmm. that. I think it's a, it's a strange game, right? Because it's based on the first Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie, which is, you know, kind of obviously the best Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. I'm I don't even think I franchise. knew there was more than one. Well... Other than they've rebooted the original. My friend, that. there are about seven. Okay. There are four in the original canon there are two remakes there is there is a prequel there is a direct sequel and then there is a legacy sequel that yes. they did on Netflix last year so that's like eight movies right, right my okay. maths are correct and that, that one from last year was like voted one of the worst movies of all time or something it sucked I yeah. wouldn't go as far to say it was one of the worst movies tweets. of all time but X, it wasn't right. it wasn't great like the sequels are mostly bad but I still want to see them represented in the game. And it's such a shame because, yeah, people love the original... But that's all that this is based on. Mm. I was uh, I didn't realize this when I jumped in. I expected to see skins from the sequels or characters from the sequels yeah. because I wasn't following it closely enough to know that it is only based on that first movie. I was checking the Wikipedia page out for it this morning, mm. and on there it kind of has a bit about how they signed the rights with, I think it was one of the co-creators of the first movie, but that's all they have the rights to. Uh, and that, okay. to me, is a shame because... I mean, it must be limiting with levels as well. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. House, absolutely. So you have those three killers that I mentioned, but you also have two original creations, mm. and that to me is a bit of a letdown because you know the other movies might not be exceptional, but you have good villains in there, right? Right. You have people that you could, in inspirations that you could draw from. You have victims you well. and survivors that I would like to see. You have environments that mm. I would like to see. You certainly have killers and other versions of Leatherface leather, leather <laughs> that I would like to see um, represented. And I, I worry about its long-term kind of uh, longevity if you don't have access to those rights because... I love the Evil Dead game that came out last year, partly yes. because it was a love letter to the entire franchise. You had about four different versions of Ash. You had right. characters from the TV show. You had characters, deep cut characters from the movies that you didn't expect to see in a game, you know, with the actors themselves reprising those voice roles. You had DLC that brought in the Evil Dead remake. It was a real love letter. You mm-hmm. had everything that you wanted if you were an Evil Dead fan. And this gives you everything you wanted if you're a Texas Chainsaw Massacre fan, mm-hmm. but only a Texas Chainsaw Massacre fan. And it's by a, that, I mean the original movie. Yeah, and it's like, I remember when they announced it, I was like, well, it's the Friday the 13th overall approach anyway. And I was like, okay, like you can do that. You can do that mold with Leatherface. And But yeah, it makes me think of level design stuff. I'm, I'm personally completely hung up on the fact that it's not just 1v4 or whatever. I, I don't want to be working with Leatherface. Really? But I know you mentioned the family yeah. stuff. What, how does that stuff work? I like you, it a lot. When you said before about it, Leatherface has never been like a solo dude. Yeah. I can only push, I for me, he's like the solo dude. Like, there's the family in the background, but they're not all running around together. Oh, they are. Yeah, what? yeah. In those, like, uh, in all the movies, really. Like, Leatherface is kind of, he's the bruiser that comes in. Mm. Like, in the first movie, like, he's obviously the standout star. You know, he's yeah. an iconic horror villain. But he's never been, like, the solo guy. In none of the movies, apart from the very last I guess the first half of the one. original. The most iconic scenes are, like, it's Leatherface taking people out. Like, that bit when he grabs that woman through the back of the staircase shot. That's and it's in like, like the op- dudes on hooks and stuff. That's like the opening um, 
third of the movie though. Yeah. Like that like like you said, in in the back half of Texas Chainsaw Massacre one. Yeah, like I guess he, they all kind of chasing through the reeds and everything. Yeah, he's there, but like the I, I would argue the iconic scene from that movie is the family scene where Sally oh, is yeah. she sat down and then, you know, they're kind of tormenting her. You've got the hitchhiker and you've got the old man who's mm-hmm. trying to get the grandpa out to hit her over the head. <laughs> to me it's always been a team effort. Yeah. Um especially going through the movies. <laughs> team effort. And uh even in the second one, man, it opens with this mad scene where you've got um, a new villain and he's kind of driving Leatherface down the road and Leatherface is revving his chainsaw on the side of this car and it's like it's always been about that sick family yeah, right? yeah, at yeah. least in my opinion I know obviously like if you're not necessarily a huge fan of the franchise you probably think of it just as the Leatherface yes, franchise yeah I totally but- do yeah um, I think that kind of family is core to it. I mean, okay. it's kind of why Resident Evil 7 kind of was inspired it mm. by it so much because... You oh, get, definitely that dinner scene. Yeah, yeah. a group of sickos of, uh, working <laughs> in like a, a sicko house to you torment someone. There were grandpa mechanics of this as well. Yes. Those things they do. Yeah, so I guess I should probably explain the gameplay loop because the grandpa is kind of central to it. So when you're... I can't believe it. Yeah, man. Like the grandpa <laughs> essentially works as a, a sauna so that can right. highlight enemies if they run past him or get in the vicinity and make too much noise. And what you're doing as the killers, you're not only like setting traps and hunting down the victims, mm. but you're collecting blood from places around the map. And when you attack someone, if they get away, you also get blood from them, right. from every attack that you uh, manage to you know hit. Mm-hmm. So then you take the blood back to Grandpa, and you feed the blood to Grandpa, <laughs> and you can level him up as the match goes on, so his sonar abilities are, uh, are better. So you can't you place can him. You can level him up. But he's, uh, he's a central sort of figure. Does he stand up and do stuff? No, well, this is the thing. The Grandpa never does. Oh. He sort of sits there. You can't even swing a hammer oh. in, 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 the, in the movie universe. I thought one of the finishing cutscenes would be him doing his little bonk. Well, you see, that bonk is crap. He's never bonked <laughs> totally anyone. Yeah, That's the thing, right? Level I wanna, 10 grandpa. I want to see someone, uh, you know, put him next to grandpa and grandpa try the bonk. Right. That would be very movie <laughs> accurate. But no, he's kind of there as a, as a, as a watcher almost, someone that you can't disturb, okay, which okay. is really cool. So yeah, as the killers, you're kind of like, obviously you're, you're on the hunt, you can set traps and you have to work together because, you mm. know, if, if one of the killers is running around unlocking doors, you essentially you know, opening the level up for the victims. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of team play required for this game that I might put some people off. You can't really solo it, mm. I, I wouldn't say. Um, and that's the same for the victims. Obviously, you have one extra person, mm-hmm. but everyone has their individual skills. Everyone has their strengths and weaknesses. Like I said, Leatherface is the bruiser, but the old, uh, like the father, the patriarch of the family, he can, he has like super listening, mm. uh, super hearing, so mm. he can listen out for footsteps. He can kind of, Gauge where the um, survivors are if they're making too much noise. He doesn't hit as hard, but he can still hit. So they've all got like pros and cons, and it's definitely more of a unit and mm-hmm. uh, and a kind of team thing rather than maybe Friday the Thirteenth, where you can kind of go off on your own or you're the only killer and you've got all of these abilities. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like you need to weigh up the pros and cons of every approach almost, and that's gonna. That's why I can't like almost judge it right now because mm-hmm. I've still got so much to see with the game. I need to know how people really play. What are the best tactics? What are the best ways yeah. to build them with the upgrade uh, s- trees and the perks that they can get and all of that stuff? So it's very early days. There's, there's quite a lot of depth to it, and I just hope that the level design manages to 
facilitate um, long-term play that remains fun and engaging. It's so crazy how many of these there's now been. Like, Dead by Daylight is obviously the go-to, and the amount of DLC packs for that means it has ticked off most franchises at this point. Um, or they've got, like, a character that's an analog to someone like Leatherface or whatever. And I don't play that much Dead by Daylight, but I see the DLC announcements all the time. Yeah. Like, Nick Cage is getting added to it or whatever. And then, like I said, on the other side, you've got Friday the 13th, Predator, now um, Texas Chainsaw. It's like, it's just this little burgeoning full genre, like, just kind of on the side. And yeah. It's like, there's not been one that's like a full five star. Oh my god, this is the one kind of thing. The nearest probably is Dead by Daylight, but um, the mechanics once you do get lost in them. Like I, like I said, I really like Friday the Thirteenth, um, but I like being Jason. I like doing the the I like being the evil dude teleporting around. Someone's yeah. about to escape and you warp right in front of them, and it's like they just can't get to the exit. And I'm like, yeah, this is really really fun. So I want to do more of that. Stuff. So you can't do necessarily stuff like that in here no. because it's it's more about the chase, right? You, you, all of the <laughs> um, killers are kind of slopes. Some are faster than others, mm. but you you do a lot there's a lot of time spent like just running after someone and right, I like okay. that because it's very Texas Chainsaw Massacre yes. like some of the most iconic um, sequences from that franchise are of course Leatherface revving his chainsaw chasing someone through the woods or there's down a rev, like their farmhouse a rev button there's a rev button good. which is exciting like that, like that kind of core enjoyment of being Leatherface and <laughs> being able to rev the chainsaw while closing in on someone <laughs> that is um, really fun like I said I normally gravitate towards something like Evil Dead the game mm. where there's more activity with the survivors because mm. in that game it's kind of it's more of a left for dead than it is a Friday the 13th where right. there is a there's someone controlling the demonic hordes and being able to play as specific demons mm. but it's mostly about the survivors kind of taking on waves of enemies trying to complete objectives mm. there are of course objectives here but I would maybe like a bit more interplay between um, the survivors and the killers. Maybe there's a way I could like revive some enemies or something. Mm. Uh, revive some, sorry, um, teammates or mm. something like that. But I'm going to find out more about that in kind of the long term. I just I worry about its long term because it is only based on that first movie, and I wonder yeah. how much you can get out of that because I mean they've already invented. Um, survivors they've already invented killers for the game like there's not really much to draw from from that one movie in particular that was kind of that was my thing like looking at it like I said like you can do a version of Friday the 13th like as a Texas Chainsaw skin kind of thing ironically for the other face himself with the the way he treats faces yes but still I always kind of thought yeah what else are you going to be able to do and then if it's a rights thing that's actually getting in the way I wonder if the success of this hopefully it does do well um, means they can take that to the whatever conversations they need to and be like look it's only going to bolster the yeah. Texas Chainsaw IP overall if anyone else cares about that. I don't know if there's a new movie on the way or whatever after the Netflix one, but it feels like it, this could be the nexus of everything. That's it. Like, why like, not have all the skin packs and everything? Exactly. That's kind of what I was looking for out of this game. Mm. And maybe it's unfair to kind of criticize it because that's never it's never tried to fool anyone. It's always been upfront about it being an adaptation of that first game. But when I look at like the customization options on display, they're just not that interesting to me. Mm -hmm. Like Leatherface has two other skins that you can get from that first movie mm -hmm. that are really cool, but the other killers don't. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> and you get some other skins for the survivors, but they're just kind of boring palette swaps, mm -hmm. slight variations in color. And maybe I'm not speaking for the vast majority of fans who might just want an authentic... TCM original um, game, mm -hmm. but I would like to see them, like I said, pull from the entire universe, bring in this version of Leatherface, add this character, mm. bring back this actor who, we, who we've seen. Mm -hmm. It's such a rich universe, 
And yeah, I kind of, I hope they do kind of figure out the rights going forward to bolster it with sequel content. Yeah, I think that they are like casting a net where like, I didn't know about the, the universe stuff you're talking about, the, the anything other than Leatherface with Leatherface with Chainsaw Kills dudes. That's yeah. like, a, that's it. Like, that's all I knew for that thing. And I'm not going to watch the other movies. So this is, it, this is good for me. But I guess if they can get enough of a player base through that and then they can add stuff to it later. That's it. It's kind of like, what, who is your audience? Who are you mm. trying to attract? I know you obviously going for in a way the kind of more casual dead by mm. daylight fans mm -hmm. the people who just love this style of game but i keep comparing it to the evil dead because that managed to be both that yeah. was like it's casual leaning experience that didn't skimp on the hardcore evil dead mm. fandom like i love the evil dead franchise right i love every single one of those movies mm -hmm. evil dead 2 made me want to make movies when i was younger right. but i didn't care about the characters until the game like i didn't okay. i couldn't i still couldn't tell you really many of the victims' names out of oh, the franchise. God, because like you were envisioning um, Texas Chainsaw as this Leatherface kind of versus the fodder mm -hmm. um, franchise, I always thought Evil Dead was just, you know, it was Ash, it was Bruce Campbell versus the Deadites. Mm -hmm. But then you have a game <laughs> that kind of champions all elements of the law and you kind of think, oh no, this is way deeper than I was giving it credit for. To me, Texas Chainsaw has a much larger inbuilt law as a series, okay. much more to pull from, which is why it's a shame that they don't mm. have it in a, in a franchise that isn't based around that stuff, kind of does. Yeah, it's, like I said, hopefully there's just a roadmap for it going forward, but it's a solid enough step forward. The fact that it's on Game Pass is huge. Absolutely. Because um, you might as well just go and grab it if you have Game Pass. Um, Josh, I want to tell you about a game called the Cosmic Wheel Sisterhood. What is this? This is a thing. Um, have you heard of Red Strings Club? No. Just words in your direction at this point. There was nope. a game a good few years ago called Red Strings Club from a dev team uh, called De uh, Deconstruction Team. Um, and I absolutely loved it. It's like you, it's like a cyberpunk thing. You play as a bartender and you're just like looking after the Red Strings Club. It's like a jazz club in the middle of like a cyberpunk type city. And all the gameplay, apart from one of the, uh, there's like two facets to gameplay. That, um, you have the stuff where you're the bartender and the gameplay itself revolves around mixing drinks and making sure people get served properly and stuff. Um, but it's very much on the side. The main meat of the uh, game is, is the text. It's the story. It's just the narrative. It's like, what's it like being this bartender? Yeah. And all the different types of people that come through in this city. And you find out all about their different, their histories, their stories, what's going on maybe some of them know each other or whatever um, and then the other half of the game was about like an android um, building herself in different ways to eventually be free and and then all of that stuff comes together across the story I loved it like it was mm. just the music's gorgeous um, really just really great ambient you know jazz piano stuff mixed with obviously like synth stuff um, and more happens in the story um, overall. So I loved it. And it was one of those things where I just randomly saw like a tweet um, from the devs just saying like, hey, we're the Red Strings guys. Um, here's our new one. And I was like, immediately I'm buying this <laughs> because I wasn't, it wasn't even on my radar. I know it's Devolver as a publisher, so I'll always check out what they've got coming up. Um, but yeah, so it's the new one from um, Deconstruction, Deconstruct Team, if I pronounce it properly. Um, and it's published by Devolver. Um, so yeah, it's called the Cosmic Wheel Sisterhood, which is the way weirdest name for a thing. Great name. Great name. Very much stands out very easily to easy to Google, um, all about um, witchcraft and the idea of a witch who is has been exiled onto an asteroid floating around through space. Yeah. Um, and she has her own little condo where she's been exiled to because all the rest of the witches. Um, so she was once doing a tarot reading and the thing that she read from the tarot is like the end of the witch's coven, um, which my wife says it's coven. I'm pretty sure, I thought it was coven. I thought it was coven. I'm going to go with, oh, it's a coven. Coventry. Wait, coven. Coventry. 
I thought it was a witch's coven. 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 I don't know. All the witches can get in touch and let us know. They can. What they think. Um, I'm going to go with coven because it sounds better. But anyway, she's um, she's been exiled from her group and they were just like, oh my God, you can't talk about the end of us. You're not supposed to read that. You're going on the asteroid and you've got your own little apartment, um, little two floor place. She then summons a demon. Um, she's called Fortuna. She summons a demon called Abramar, who's um, she like says the words that you're not supposed to say. The one thing that the witches tell you you're never supposed to say this thing because you'll uncork this demon Ooh, um, that's not okay. supposed to be there. Um, and so this like big like uh, like snake like demon kind of looks like Jafar from um, in, in Return of Jafar from the second Aladdin movie. <laughs> big snaky uh, top built dude. Um, starts talking to her and, and she just says, look, I've summoned you because I ultimately want to be free. Yeah. Um, I don't want to stay here and I'd rather just sacrifice my life and everyone else's and doom humanity rather than be stuck here. Will you help me escape? And so the game then becomes um, all the conversations between uh, Fortuna and Abramar, um, but the gameplay, other than tons of text and story and like little backstories about what Abramar is um, and how he sort of knows the history of humanity and he talks about like the witches and um, how those things have intersected over human history and, and whatever. Um, and Fortuna is building a new deck because the re- the way you're going to get out is learning all of Abramar's arts and skills. So it's rather than just be standard tarot stuff, it's learning like the most evil spells possible from mm. Abramar. And the way that you do that um, in gameplay is you design the cards themselves. So it almost becomes like a miniature Photoshop game, right. which I love yeah. um, because they give you all these different aspects. You build the cards in different layers. You pick a background, a character, accessories, whatever and you layer them up however you want. Um, you can actually make a Red Strings Club card, um, which is great. You can uh, put the bartender in and, and, uh, and have the drinks and stuff. And whatever ways you make those cards, the game then scans it and says, okay, you put this next to this and this next to this. That means that you get this many points towards your overall um, skill points okay. um, that you're then going to use in conversations going forward, um, which means you can unlock different bits of information when you're talking to Abramar, um, or you start getting flashback scenes as to what happened with Fortuna before she got exiled and went to the asteroid. So I'm only maybe an hour through it hmm. um, but it's just so immediately arresting and unique and conceptually strong and the music's great yeah. and I just love the setup of this um, just this witch summoning the most evil spirit ever That's it. Um, to get off sounds... this asteroid <laughs> it's uh, great like that I mean you, I must admit you lost me a little bit with the photoshopping cards right. uh, mechanic but like the I think setup an... and the characters that yeah. sounds like one of the most like you said creative things that I've um Heard so the flashback you. that I did um, was of uh, Fortuna and two of her friends in like a little VW camper van, not unlike the Texas Chainsaw camper van. Amazing. Um, going to a beach party and then just hanging out as the three of them and talking about the potential of what they're going to do next with their lives. And obviously oh, I- Fortuna goes off to do witch stuff. I mean, it's such a noise there because that's is. such nectar yeah. for me, that like the coming of age sort of party scene where people are talking about <laughs> the future and where they've come from yeah. is just uh, my kind of narrative. You should play Oxen Free One. I'm going I'm yeah. absolutely going. But in it's night. in that vein, you know, Night of the Woods, Night in the Woods, uh, Oxen Free One, at least in terms of the flashback scenes. Obviously, there's a huge gulf between where she was and where she is now yeah. and why she wants to be free. And a lot of the really cool stuff is the questions that Abramar asks you about, like, why do you want this magic? What do you want this to do? And you touch on different schools, even arcane schools of... Um, uh, what it means for like earth magic and fire magic and everything else and air magic and air meaning community and the space between us and how you respect that and like and you can take it in different ways and um, however you answer Abramar's questions again is tied into the different points you get from the cards that you make but all of that is going into infinite decisions it feels like that the game is tracking in terms of assumedly how the story is going to play out or whatever so extremely strong foot forward if you love just narrative games like I can know I can recommend Red Strings Club wholeheartedly I love mm. that thing um, it's on Switch and uh, Steam and uh, yeah and then this uh, Cosmic Wheel Sisterhood is the this follow up one that I'm like I said I'm 
hour or so in, but Red Strings wasn't that long either. So I think these are just going to be really short, gorgeously made, punchy stories. I'm going to Google both of those games and that studio immediately after <laughs> this podcast because I had not heard of any of these things that you just mentioned yeah. from my way, but they sound, uh, at least from a story perspective, very intriguing. I think out of the two, because um, you don't love like cyberpunk stuff as much as I do, so I think it's you true. probably would like the setup of Sisterhood more. Um, but yeah, I can't vouch for all of Sisterhood yet, but it's made a very, very strong first impression. This is the thing. You are 100% spot on, but I also like the idea of like a bartender I sort know. of uh, framing, it's you know? so good, man. Like, yeah, I can't recommend both of those games enough, especially the soundscape for Red Strings. Actually, I'll tell you what I'll super quickly throw in because I just on. remembered that I was playing this whole week and then just blanked it, is Bomb Rush Cyberfunk. I'm not going to spend too long on it, yeah. um, but Bomb Rush Cyberfunk is the new game that is entirely Jet Set Radio. Have you played Jet Set when you were a kid? No, but I, I obviously know what it is, but never right. played it now. Just worth throwing in that that game is absolutely stellar, like unbelievably good. Like they've got, um, oh, the dude's surname is Naganuma, the um, composer who did Jet Set Radio's original music, um, back in to score this one. The game plays gorgeously. It runs ludicrously well for a Switch game. Nice. Um, just super smooth, lots of combos, unlocking different characters and everything. Um, and you can do skateboarding, rollerblading, BMXing, whatever. It's just a great, great game that I want to throw in when I'm thinking about stellar um, music, like audio footprints. It's like the, the punch of that game is great. Funny considering that I would argue that the games aren't kicking back in until the end of this week yet. You've got all of this stuff to talk about, which is <laughs> very fascinating. It's, it's Mortal Kombat sort of ushered it in. It was yeah. like the, this Friday was like, oh, Bomb Rush is out and Mortal Kombat's out. Oh, the, the beta's out. And then Texas Chainsaw is out. And then Cosmic Sisterhood dropped as well. Well, would you permit me to talk about an unbelievably good game? Yeah. Yes, that's I'd what I was like going to go anyway. Ah, beautiful <laughs> stuff. I have been playing a Blasphemous for the past few weeks mm-hmm. and because we got a very early code. Mm-hmm. By the way, this is how all reviews should be <laughs> handled. We got the code for Blasphemous 2 yeah. through like a, a month few weeks in ago advance. Or something, yeah. yeah, I feel like I, I finished this game genuinely two weeks ago, yeah. which is crazy. Starfield's not got a word in. No, no, no. no. Where are you yeah, at, Blasphemous Bethesda? 2 is out this week. The embargo was up last week. We mm-hmm. did do a video on it, um, and I'll probably end up repeating myself a little bit here. But I it's just, out this week, though. Yes, yeah, I mean, I just I thoroughly enjoyed it. I was obviously a huge fan of the original Blasphemous, mm-hmm partly because of the grotesque art style it had mm. and partly because it had this Soulsian ethos of being a tough-as-hell Metroidvania mm. game where you're dealing with Souls-adjacent mechanics like a checkpoint system that respawns enemies and mm-hmm. long gauntlets and stuff. Blasphemous 2, though, is very much a refined version of that and very much a more Metroidvania um, a classic Metroidvania experience. For me, I was really surprised that it kind of dialed down the challenge in a way. It still mm. has some really difficult fights in it, but it is way more accessible in the first game. It doesn't have, at least in my experience, those same gauntlets where you're just throwing yourself at an area over and over again, hoping to get through one set of enemies so then you can be smashed by the next set of enemies mm. and you have to do it all again. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems way, not fairer, but... The challenge is more in the exploration. The challenge is more in conquering the map. And I think if you're a fan of Metroidvanias or you're a fan of the original Blasphemous, then mm-hmm. Blasphemous 2 should be on your radar because it was, it's been one of the most Moorish experiences I've had all year where I thought, well, I've got a month to play it. 
and it's kind of <laughs> dropped in unexpectedly. I'll probably jump in now and again. I remember talking know. to you the day after, and you going, I'm on the final boss. That's literally, like, yeah, oh, okay. yeah. I thought, I'll, I'll drizzle it across the next four weeks. Uh, no, played it for five hours the first night, played it for five <laughs> hours the second night, played it for five hours the day after, then completed it on the fourth day. It was just that kind of engrossing, because, I mean, I mean, you play way more Metroidvanias than I do, mm. Scott, but I felt like every single time I got a new upgrade in this game, I just wanted to check out what it did, which areas it unlocked, so... Mm. I was unlocking those abilities, fast traveling to previously explored areas to finish them off. And obviously, you get a lovely percentage um, icon mm. of how much you've ticked off off the map um, in the top left-hand corner, I think, of the main menu screen. So mm. I was always thinking, I can get that up a percent. I can get oh, that up dude. to the next round number. I adore Metroidvanias. I still want you to play Metroid Dread. You've not got I will. One Super day. Metroid, Metroid Dread, Metroid Fusion, they're all there. <sighs> I'm going to play them all. Please do. At some point. You clearly, because you really like Hollow Knight as well. So it's just I like, Metro, I've realized, because I didn't talk about Final Fantasy again, but Final Fantasy V is the other thing that I'm playing because it's on my Switch. I'm playing it on the train yeah. or whatever. Um, and just most of the weekend. But um, I realized that turn-based RPGs are like, I just never get sick of them. They're right. absolute nectar. I can't wait for Sea of Stars, which is another thing that's out later this week. Um, and Metroidvania is like my top two, as I'm realizing going through all these different ones. Nice. Um, and yeah, really, really top tier stellar Metroidvanias. To me, like, it's just, there's very few things better. Like you said, that completion loop, that thing of like getting an ability, realizing you can go back through territory, making like a mental note of where you couldn't go before yeah. and just mastering a landscape over time. There's something about the tightness because they're not open worlds that they are memorable and explorable and um, become familiar over time. The Ori games, like, similar. Um, yeah, man, this thing sounds incredible. I, I, I think it's out on, like, Friday or something. Yeah, it might but, even uh, be Thursday. I think it's the 24th right. it drops, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to attempt to finish um, Final Fantasy V and Bomber Cyberpunk and Sister Cosmic Wheel Sisterhood thing yeah. in the next three days, and then I'll be able to <laughs> get on Blasphemous 2. That won't happen, but I will buy it. I, I, I'd like to see you give it a go because mm -hmm. everyone who seems to have played it seems to have had that kind of itch to just want to finish yeah. it, want to see what the next area is. And obviously, the reason I was into Hollow Knight and the original Blasphemous so much mm -hmm. was because I just adored the art style. I loved the worlds that they set up. I loved seeing the different biomes, seeing the different backdrops, mm -hmm. seeing what was next. And Blasphemous, like I said, I described it as grotesque. Like, everything in this game is <laughs> more or less dripping with blood, it's kinda wet. you know? It's yeah. very wet. It's, it's a like moist game. The most, it's like religious iconography that... Like, but like twisted and like mm. warped and kind of um, refracted through a devilish gaze, I would argue. Um, He's a writer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the um, areas, again, no spoilers because the game's now yet, uh, that you go to <laughs> towards the end are so memorable. Uh, you just kind of want to drop the controller, look at it for a bit, take a screenshot, uh -huh. maybe get a new desktop background from it. Well, that you know? was the thing. Some of, when you search Blasphemous 2, like some of the pictures, some of the screenshots that come up are way bigger in scope than, uh, seem like, yeah. bigger in scope than Blasphemous 1. Reminded me quite a lot of the intro of Hyper Light Drifter. Um, just the, the, the same as Gree as well. Have you played Gree, like the game? I it's didn't know. G-R-I-S. Um, that's a way more straightforward. It's not a Metroidvania, but it just is a, maybe the best 2D art style in quite some time. It's just a gorgeous, gorgeous game. Um, I love the idea that over time with the, the rise, the acceptance of pixel platformers, of pixel art designs, um, you know, Sisterhood that I mentioned before, that's pixelated, but just very, very detailed. I love um, pixel artists getting even more confident with it and doing yeah. bigger vistas and landscapes and everything. Well, nicely, you've segued into Gosh. the one big criticism I had of oh, the game. Yeah. I know, can you believe it? <laughs> it's that the art style is so good that it complements it with these um, animated cutscenes that yeah. are 2D sort of cartoon style. And they're good. Like, mm -hmm. they're, they're well put together. It's just a case of the original pixel art style being so good that mm -hmm. I just... 
I didn't want to see the, the, the 2D stuff because I'm like, what you've got there is so amazing and so uh, painterly that I was I couldn't get it in my head why you would cut away from that. Yeah. And every single time it would cut from the, the cut scene to the gameplay, I just thought, this looks so much better. I remember thinking that about um, Signalis and then um, yes. Dead Cells as well. Yeah. Like um, Dead Cells, like the main character is so goofy and stupid for the rest of that game's art style that yeah. it, it did kind of jar with me. And then whenever they show game trailers for Dead Cells, it's like a, this like over the, it's only like a Saturday morning cartoon vibe. Yeah, but then yeah, the main, yeah, yeah. the rest of the game just isn't that. Um, and yeah, in Blasphemous 2's case, like, yeah, the cutscenes are way smoother and cleaner and different color palettes than the rest of the game, at least from what I've seen so far. Absolutely. And like I said, they're still cool in and of themselves, but Blasphemous 1 sort of split the difference where mm. it had these kind of um, uh, like more directed cutscenes, but it still used an amalgamation of the art style. It mm. wasn't as jarring as this was, and obviously mm. it's an intentional stylistic change, but mm. for me it didn't necessarily work. I just think overall Blasphemous 2 was a really good jumping on point. I saw your friend of mine, Ash Millman from PlayStation Access, um, talking about how she played through this first and then went mm. back to the original Blasphemous. Like, I don't know Ooh. how big this franchise is, is mm -hmm. necessarily but to me two is if you've never played one like i'd, I'd say jump straight into two like yeah. it's a more refined game and the biggest criticisms i had with two was that it just it felt like a refined version of one like right. i was jumping in from one game to the next and i was a little bit disappointed here and there that they were kind of that it was that they were so similar mm -hmm. that they were reusing some of the enemies and whatnot, but I, I don't think you'd have... That wouldn't even crush your mind if this was the no, first no. time you were experiencing the whole thing. I think you'd just be in awe at the art style, loving the crunchy combat and enjoying the refinements that you don't even know are there in oh the level God, design, dude. where it's more immediate and kind of more... Um, what is the word I would use? It's not easier, but it's mm. certainly more... Hmm. They actually designed something that they want you to finish it this time. That's it. Less yeah. punishing, I suppose, uh, is the way I'd describe it. Yeah, mm. less less intentionally taking the piss. <laughs> <laughs> Which I feel like is where the, the hard, the, the Soulsian genre is rounding the bend on that in general, like following Elden Ring. Like, they actually want you to see the rest of these games yeah. now. Um, which is fun. Yeah, I'll be picking that up later in the year. Later in the year? Later in the week. Later in the week. I'll be playing it later in the year probably as well. Um, for now, though, this has been The Wind-Up. I've been Scott Tilford. That's been Josh Brown. Always a pleasure, Scott Tilford. Always a pleasure to be heard by all of you, and we'll catch you throughout the week. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.